Good morning, folks. You're tuned in to Morning Mixtape News on Met Radio 1280 AM. I'm your host, Anna Giselle Hunising, coming at you from Toronto, and here are our headlines for today. First, counter-protesters take to the streets across Canada fighting for trans rights. The TTC plans to hire more staff in efforts to increase safety on transit. Then, the Canada Post is found to be illegally collecting user information through their mail. And finally, Tennessee elects their first trans mayor. Then, we'll hear from Cindy for a new episode of Canadian Connections. But first, to the news. Canadian queers and allies took to the streets Wednesday to stand against anti-trans protesters in demonstrations all over the country. CTV reports that thousands of people nationwide gathered in two competing protests over school policies regarding discussions around gender identity. The initial protest was promoted by the far-right group One Million March for Children, who claimed to stand together over, quote, gender ideology, end quote, being taught in Canadian schools. The group says they are against students being shown LGBTQ plus inclusive curriculum on gender identity and sexuality. They also oppose children's privacy to their own identities, saying that educators should be bound to inform parents if their child asks to be called a different name and or different pronouns than their assigned gender. But those arguing that children should be outed by their teachers were met by those who organized to counter the protest in defense of trans rights. The 519 is a downtown organization who provides care for the queer community and helps to organize the counter-protest here in Toronto. They organized groups starting from Wednesday morning in Barber Park and continued in Queen's Park where conservatives gathered outside the legislative building. The 519 told CTV they planned the march to make it clear that, quote, hate has no home in Ontario, end quote. They say that Doug Ford's accusations that school boards are indoctrinating students are harmful to young queer and trans folks. They also say that the proposed conservative policy is especially dangerous to trans students who may not be out to their families for fear of retaliation. CTV says that every province organized counter-protests. Those showing up to counter-protest told the CBC in Toronto that they stood for the protection of trans rights and to show solidarity with the community. Toronto Mayor Olivia Chow responded to the protests on social media, posting that, quote, Some wish to target our schools and libraries to spread hate. We know these must be spaces that welcome everyone, especially students, end quote. The City of Toronto posted to their official Instagram account that the trans flag was raised outside City Hall in solidarity. Next up, the TTC is planning to hire almost 200 new staff members to increase security on the system. The Toronto Star says that the TTC board is proposing to use a little over $10 million saved from the delayed opening of the Eglinton Crosstown and Finch LRTs to hire more support. They say that the new hires will help to implement safety measures introduced earlier this year. The TTC reported a little over a thousand violent incidents in 2022. The Toronto Star reports that 2023 has been a year of record high violent attacks against customers and staff, but rates have dropped since January. The CEO of the TTC, Rick Leary, said at a press conference with the mayor that he expects the customers will feel safer riding transit with an increased staffed presence. 
A federal watchdog says that Canada Post is illegally collecting information from people's packages. CTV says that Canada Post is breaking the law by gleaning user information from outside of envelopes. The information is being used to create user-specific marketing lists rented out to businesses. The Office of Privacy says that they found info taken from addresses and online shopping habits have been used in a marketing program to promote more specific items to users. The information was taken without user consent. The Office of Privacy says the practice violates Section 5 of Canada's Privacy Act and recommends Canada Post stops. They say that the Post is currently declining to take corrective measures, though the Office offered no plan to reprimand them for it. And finally, Nashville has elected their first trans mayor in Olivia Hill. American news outlet The Hill says that Navy veteran Olivia Hill is the first openly trans person to be elected into Nashville public office in history. Olivia Hill told the press, quote, I didn't run as the first trans woman. I didn't run as a trans woman with good skills. I just ran as a human, and it just so happens that I am trans, end quote. The Hill reports that Olivia Hill's win signals a change in American politics. The Hill reports that Olivia Hill's win signals a change in American politics. The LGBTQ plus Victory Fund is an organization that supports queer and trans people running for office in the U.S. They say that over 400 LGBTQ candidates won their elections last November. Despite this, Tennessee remains a state where safe access to gender-affirming care is threatened. The American Civil Liberties Union says that out of a record 84 anti-LGBTQ laws that became entrenched this year in the states, half of them were passed in the American South. Local paper The Tennessean reports the Tennessee Governor Bill Lee signed a total ban on gender-affirming health care for trans children this March. The law banned medication like puberty blockers and hormone treatment for gender dysphoria. Another bill signed this year by Lee adopted a narrow view of sex that is, that is exclusive of trans and gender nonconforming people. It blocks legal recognition of gender identity in the state of Tennessee. The American Academy of Pediatrics opposed the bill, saying that interfering with children's health care that follows evidence-based medicine is dangerous. They say it is not the government's place to interfere with matters between doctors and patients. While an unprecedented increase in trans and queer politicians shows opportunity to hope, there is still work to be done. That's all for me today. Here's Cindy with Canadian Connections. Good morning, listeners. I'm Cindy, and each week I'll reintroduce you to nostalgic Canadian media you might feel connected to or tell you how Canadian entertainment is connected globally. I'll cover it all. Books, TV, music, anything. Welcome to the Canadian Connection. Summer is sadly coming to an end. Hopefully everyone has no regrets looking back on whatever they did the past few months. If you spent it going on vacation, hanging out with friends, or just working, I hope you enjoyed your time. For all students, the end of summer marks the beginning of the school year. So I feel obligated to talk about what is arguably the most well-known Canadian TV series, Degrassi. Spoilers and trigger warnings ahead. Degrassi is a long-running teen drama franchise that started in 1979. Each iteration of the show focuses on the highs and lows of a young ensemble cast attending Degrassi High. The franchise is known to tackle controversial and realistic problems middle school and high school students face. It was one of the first teen dramas that seemed like it didn't care about censoring itself. 
issues weren't glorified, and it wasn't afraid to make you feel uncomfortable. Degrassi was also unique in the fact that the actors were actually close in age to their characters. For the late 90s and early 2000s, having a show do this and somewhat accurately portray teen issues was pretty rare. It made situations more realistic and horrifying to watch. When someone reminisces on Degrassi's most groundbreaking moments for youth, society, and pop culture, they are probably talking about Degrassi Next Generation. Degrassi Next Generation is often credited as a series in the franchise that defined the reputation of the show, often referred to as its peak. It is an iteration that gained a large global following, especially for teens in the US. It also has some of the most memorable moments and characters in any of the series. The very first episode of the show dives right into uncomfortable territory when a protagonist, Emma, who is 12 years old, meets up with her online boyfriend in a hotel room. He ends up being a grown man and attempts to sexually assault her. Other heavy scenarios include Marco's coming out and exploration of his sexuality, the school shooting arc, a major character death, and Manny's teen pregnancy. The teen pregnancy episode discussed bodily autonomy and gender roles when it comes to making a decision on whether or not to keep the baby. The episode was actually not allowed to air in the US as it was deemed too honest by The N, which was the streaming channel that aired Degrassi in the US. Of course, Degrassi Next Generation also has a loyal fan base because it starred famous celebrities, such as Drake before he became a rapper and Nina Dobrev. If you hadn't watched Degrassi, I think Degrassi Next Generation is a good place to start. Everyone can find some subplot of the story they can relate to, and it can also just be a pretty fun show to watch. Thanks a lot for listening. From at Radio 1280 AM, I'm Cindy Zogu. With that, we'll wrap up our segments. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more Morning Mixtape. This is Met Radio 1280 AM in Toronto. I'm Anna Giselle Funising. Thanks for listening. Stay groovy.